Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. I don't know who is the first pick. The Bears. The Bears have the first pick. You think pig. they're going to keep Justin? They should if they're smart, but you know. It's the Bears. <laughs> you said it, not me. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Bro. Ramirez. On 670 The Score bro. in Odyssey Station. Bro. <laughs> CJ Stroud, bro. Uh, what? What? And tell me what? We seem to be on opposite ends today, and tell me what? What am I not seeing? What am I? What's wrong? I mean, CJ Stroud is trying to, he's taking up for his guy, Justin. I, he's obviously not going to be making a decision on what the Bears are doing at QB either, but I, I think he's saying something unsurprising that he and Justin Fields, they go back to Ohio State. They're friends. They're tight. He supports him. He believes in him, just like a lot of other players around the league believe in Justin Fields. But it's unsurprising that C.J. Stroud would, would take the position that the Bears would be wise to stick with him. You ever hear- I'd say his opinion is not unbiased here. Right. I agree. I wonder if he just feels like, oh, the Bears made the mistake of not, not drafting me. So I can't, <laughs> can't imagine they're going to get this one right because they passed uh, up on your boy. But <laughs> I would say this. I would say this. It, it it it's just it, it it pains me to 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 be in this situation to see CG Stroud laugh because and he's talking about his boys you mentioned but have you ever been in a situation where maybe you backed you know one of your boys in this world of football mm. and maybe he or even as an executive right you were an executive mm. as well in in the in the arena football league and I feel like have you ever when, when did you miss. You know, when did you back somebody mm. up and you probably shouldn't have? When did you go to bad and say, man, I'm telling you guys, this is the one we, we could do it with. And then he lets you down. I'm trying to, trying to think of an example where I missed. One, one where I got right. I remember my, uh, my, one of my teammates in Detroit when I was at the Lions, a guy named Kalimba Edwards. He had a rookie season where he played very limited snaps. And by the end of the season, he had had, I think he had maybe six, six and a half sacks his rookie year in Detroit. So he bet me. I mean, what did he bet me? He bet me, what was it, 10 grand? It was either five grand or 10 grand. He bet me that he was going to have a double digit sack season the following year. I'm trying to tell Kalimba, like, man, I understand it. I'm happy you had a successful rookie season and limited snaps. <laughs> he would get on the field in these pass rush situations and then he, he would get to the quarterback. Now, you know, some of the sacks he got, again, it, the, the statistics are there. There's no doubt about it. But some of the sacks he recorded, when you're watching, it's just like, all right, he's there. He's kind of falling into the, the pocket after somebody else gets there. Like, <laughs> right, you know, right, right. Luther Ellis would collapse the pocket. Here comes Kalimba Edwards kind of tagging the guy while he's down. That sort of thing happened with a couple of his sacks he recorded. But that being said, he was under this impression after his rookie season that it was just going to be obvious and automatic, that this big leap was going to take place in his production simply because in limited snaps as a rookie, 
if he could get six, six and a half sacks, whatever it was, and then by, by the time he was getting more playing time and being more counted on, you get some of these vets out of the way the following year, then he was just going to burst onto the scene and be this Pro Bowl type of guy and have a double-digit sack year. I will say this. He lost the bet. He did not record a double-digit sack ah. season the following year. But yet still, I did not hunt him down to pay me the whatever it was, five grand, ten grand, or something like that. I felt, I felt like my case was made, you know, obviously enough by the struggles he had this following season. And so I never did collect on those thousands of dollars that we wagered shortly after his rookie season finished that year. But that was one where I, I bet I wagered and I did so correctly just in a, a guy who kind of assumed a level of development was going to take place that at the time did not end up fully coming to fruition that year. So that, that's one that immediately comes to mind just in, in kind of, you know, whether or not you're backing someone else or backing yourself. But assumptions can get made about development. And we've talked about development as it relates to Justin Fields pretty frequently here where I'm kind of seeing year by year. Yes, he's gotten better at the position, and a lot of folks around the league have confidence that that's going to continue at the same time. It doesn't seem he's developed at the rate where the Bears are, are looking to, are comfortable with fully investing in, in him being the guy that will lead this team moving forward, especially as we look towards now having the second season in a row with the number one overall pick in the draft in this year that is thought of as being extremely deep and talented at the quarterback position. So the Bears are very likely to not pass on this opportunity at number one in the draft again, but development is one of these things that gets assumed a lot after a guy has a nice rookie season, or even for me, after the first year that Patrick Mahomes was a starter. I think I've told you this before. Where I, was, I was very slow. Like, I was impressed by that first year as a starter. Who could not be impressed by that first year as a starter? But I was not one to assume that that level of play would continue season over season because it is so difficult to continue to maintain, to even attain a level of excellence, and then to sustain that consistently Week in, week out, month in, month out, season in, season out. It's hard, man, to continue to do it at a high level when you're playing against the best in the world, best in the world every week. And I'm trying to, as you were talking right there, and you were, you know, obviously we're talking about development. We're talking about, I started thinking, I was like, man, you know, no, we haven't had a segment where we pretend the Bears don't have the number one pick in the draft. Mm. Where we pretend... The Bears still have the number nine pick and Justin Fields. And, like, what would those conversations be like? They and just I start, have their pick. They just have their just original have the, pick. That's number it. Nine. Yeah. And, and, and I, I kind of want to do that. I kind of okay. want to live in I that like world that. Uh-huh. where, you know, Bears don't have number one. They have number nine. Caleb Williams is going to, you know, whatever, the commanders. Mm. Let's move Carolina down. Bryce Young's going. Bryce Young is getting himself a Marvin Harrison Jr. Wow, mm-hmm. and the Bears are at number nine. I, I I guess the first question I'd have for you, and if let's say we were doing a show together, and that was like, is there optimism for the Chicago Bears? Uh, there would be, from my perspective, yes. I mean, the the only reason that I've you know even said I I'm on board with the idea of moving on from Justin Fields is because the Bears have the number one overall pick. But in, in this scenario, if we're just living in a world where, you know, they haven't traded that pick or the, the Panthers didn't, you know, you know, didn't perform so poorly that the Bears get the number one overall pick for the second year in a row, if we're just living in this world where the Bears have nothing but number nine, to me, the, the quarterback 
discussion isn't really on the table. Now, it would be there because you, you think, all right, this is a deep year for QBs. Should they consider a J.J. McCarthy at number nine? Like, that discussion would be there. But I certainly wouldn't be on board with it. For, for the guy who would be taken at number nine, to me, I think it would be a more obvious choice to, to view this. I would view this as the term that a lot of folks view the 2023 season as the no-excuses tour, quote-unquote, yeah. with Justin Fields. I never used that term. I never viewed last season as that. But now, in the fourth year of his rookie deal, in this season where, yes, this offseason will come a decision for the Bears in whether or not, not only do they move on from Justin, but even if they don't move on from Justin, there would still be a decision of whether or not they pick up the fifth-year option. But if Justin Fields were going to be the Bears quarterback again in 2024, I would view 2024 as the the no-excuses tour because I'm just a traditionalist with these things. And for me, I've been watching this play out for so many years, and my mind is still one that is patient with development and factoring in all the other elements of, of why a player does and doesn't have success. And I've certainly talked to you in great detail about a lot of these other franchises around the National Football League that have sustained excellence and, and been far more consistent than the Bears throughout this quarter century with a variety of quarterbacks leading them to the playoffs and leading them to Super Bowl appearances at, at a level far beyond anything the Bears have done with the several first-round picks that they've taken at QB since 1999. But that being said, the Bears do have the number one pick. And so I will understand if they make the decision to move on from Justin Fields because he hasn't performed at a level that solidifies they should not use the number one pick. But I certainly think he's shown more than enough with the Bears had number nine in the draft alone. I feel completely fine about them saying that, yeah, we're going to use number nine on some other position. And this would be the prove it season for Justin Fields because number nine in the draft, you can obviously still get a very impressive prospect this would be a season where you could potentially get a very impressive quarterback but in a season where the bears need to win like matt abraflu matt abraflu's needs to win this year that's one of these things that gets lost in the conversation a little bit this is a big year for matt abraflu frankly by proxy it is a big year for ryan poles I, I don't i'd be surprised if ryan poles's job were on the line or anything like that but i think it's safe to view this as a big season for matt abraflu's job security and job scrutiny so with that in mind, once you start to get further and further down the draft board, there's less confidence that you would be bringing in a quarterback, even with a you know, substantially talented roster, that you would feel good about being able to come in and win and play at a level that can sustain winning at a level that gets you to the playoffs and maybe even win some playoff games. That's the type of trajectory the Bears are looking at being on this season. And certainly having the number one pick leaves them on that tra- trajectory. If they only had their original number nine pick, then that would be a very different discussion in my mind. How, how would you view it if the Bears just had number nine? Because I know you've, you've been a guy who's we've been talking for years now about yeah. the wanting more from Justin Fields, and understandably so. But if the Bears had number nine, how would you view it? I, 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 I initially, Ant, I get excited because I think mm-hmm. to myself, okay, we're heading into next season. You won seven games. There should be growth. There's money in free agency. You have the number nine. You know, you have some more draft picks. So I'd feel I'd def- there'd definitely be optimism. I would want the Bears to trade down from nine to get some sort of asset in the third round or something okay. like that. With the quarterback-hungry team, you mentioned that number nine is a place where a quarterback can go. If you see Denver, Oak, or excuse me, Las Vegas, they want to move up. Something like that. And then I think to myself, you know, we just talked to Rhett Lewis 
ton of wide receiver talent, so you can add a weapon for Justin in the second round if that you know need be the case if you were to pick something up there. Getting that edge rusher, getting somebody added in free agent, see the 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 team would be better. But I guess the part that I struggle with when dealing with this you know fictitious scenario is trying to place the Bears somewhere other than last in the NFC North still, hmm. where I think. I can I can try to make some fan argument that the Bears are better than the Packers, but mm. I think they prove that they're going to be better than us if the, the the team were to stay put and just kind of add a couple pieces because obviously the Packers are going to as well. Mm. You already know where the Lions are. And if I'm just to assume that Kirk Cousins is going to run it back with Justin Jefferson, it's hard for me to make a case that the Bears would then be better than the Vikings. So, So I guess although there is optimism – you haven't leapfrogged a team, and I think if you're then banking on Justin Fields being the guy mm-hmm. to then take you in and catapult you over those three squads, can it happen? Sure. And if the Bears didn't have any other picks, I, I would be the first person rooting for that scenario because, damn it, I just want some wins for the <laughs> Chicago Bears. But the last part, Ant, like, Thinking that the Bears, if they did not have the number one scenario, which is what we're discussing right now here, Mm -hmm. they didn't have the number one pick, excuse me, you know, the Bears probably would still be in last place. And so, but now with the number one pick, your thought is that a rookie comes in and is the reason they're not in last place in 2024 because of a rookie quarterback. I think that they still could be in last place. I think in 2025, that would be much different. Right, where then the Bears would have to sensible way to look at it. Yeah, Yeah. Bears would have to pivot or not with Justin or not, right? Where maybe he's, you know, nine and eight, ten and seven, maybe, and you're still stuck in that space where we all, I kind of think, not we all, I personally think that you would be with Justin. Where I think is with Caleb Williams, as you continue to not even Caleb Williams, anybody else, I guess I should say, someone else. (laughs) Drake May. Drake I mean, May, if right. your oars are in the water for Drake it May, is. go ahead, go ahead, if, shout about, man. With a guy yeah. like Drake May, that you then can do this. Somebody texted me the other day when I was doing the show, and they're like, Gabe's in love with stats. He wants a quarterback that throws for 350 and three touchdowns every game. I was like, are you trying to insult me? Is that what, are you sound silly. Like, yeah, I want that. Don't you? Like, don't you want that as well? Like, I'm confused. So, yeah, I just I would love a 300-yard passer. Uh-huh. I would love a multi-touchdown quarterback like yes I don't see anything wrong with that and I think that that's what I would want so I think 2024 because and don't you agree 2024 is not the year that the Bears are supposed to be competing at the highest level anyway regardless of who the quarterback is at the highest level no I don't think there's right. Super Bowl expectations in 2024 I do think Matt Eberflus is going to need to win whether it's with a rookie quarterback or with Justin Fields Matt Eberflus needs to win games in 2024 and that is a part of the calculus that that does surprise me a bit with the decision that the Bears made in keeping Matt Eberflus on. It's just it's one of these incongruent timeline situations that we've seen multiple times in a row now where you have a coach who's going into a season where he's coaching a team that needs to win at a high level to secure his job for the following year. And in theory, it's looking like he's going to be saddled with a rookie quarterback if, if the Bears you know, continue on the path that they're continuing on here. It doesn't mean it can't work out. Doesn't mean Matt Eberflus with a rookie QB can't win at a high level. We certainly just saw the Houston Texans make big things happen with C.J. Stroud in his rookie year. And we've seen Joe Burrow win as a rookie. There have been rookie quarterbacks that have won. There's no doubt about that. But we've now seen 
two first-round quarterbacks in a row with the Bears that have not been able to make that happen, and that's where the infrastructure in place, the roster in place, the development of that position, and what what spot are you putting the rookie quarterback in to try and maximize his skills? All those things end up factoring in, and that's where the scrutiny on Shane Waldron will be really big this season as well because if the Bears do have a rookie starting at QB this year, the offensive play caller, just like with Dow Loggins in the rookie season of Mitchell Trubisky, and Matt Nagy and then Bill Lazor in the rookie season of Justin Fields going through multiple play callers that year. The person who is calling the Bears offense and trying to put that rookie QB in a position for success in a season where the team expectations are higher than where we normally see. Like, yes, there are exceptions to the rule, but the vast majority of rookies step into the NFL and struggle, regardless of where they're drafted. Normally that first year is a rocky one for quarterbacks in the National Football League. We will all be hopeful that whoever the Bears end up drafting, if they draft a QB at number one, whether it is Caleb Williams or Drake May or Jaden Daniels, whoever they end up going with, if they go with a QB, we're all going to be hopeful that that works out well. But the hope should not only be invested in whether or not they quote-unquote got the right guy. You know, that's one of those things I keep coming back as you and I and me and a bunch of other folks discuss this because it is beyond whether or not the quarterback they bring in will just step in and either perform well or be viewed as some kind of bust. That's what the the conversation tends to pare down into this overly simplistic version of either he's playing well or basically it's his fault that he's not playing well and he is a bust. And that's historically what the conversation turns into when really the nuance of the situation he's drafted into, the coaches he's surrounded by, all those things end up being a really big factor in the success or lack thereof, especially of young quarterbacks in football. And Justin Fields is just sort of the latest example of that, in my opinion. But this goes back so many years. And so the teams that have been able to sustain success and continually win at a high level, regardless of QB, and yes, there are a bunch of those. I've talked about it a number of times on this uh, this station and others here in recent weeks. When that's going on, it's because the teams have put the infrastructure in place for that. that. That matters so much for the quarterback to come in and be able to hit the ground running a la Ben Roethlisberger or Russell Wilson or Tom Brady. These guys who were not Hall of Fame caliber players in their execution of the position early on, even though they won at a high level. Like Joe Flacco won at a high level early in his career, his rookie season. He wasn't playing that well, but he won a whole bunch of games. Like Matt Ryan was performing, was statistically performing at a much higher level than Joe Flacco early in their careers. But Flacco was in this amazing situation in Baltimore, and the Ravens franchise was setting him up for great success. They weren't putting too much on his plate, so they won a bunch of games with Joe Flacco early on. And then later in his career, they could put more of the offense on his shoulders. That's where these things end up mattering a lot. What position is that rookie quarterback? Is any young quarterback being put into? Because the majority of them, if you have any success, that's what leads to it. But, yes, there are exceptions to these rules like C.J. Stroud was this last season. Yeah, and I think that, you know, we all liked watching it. And, and I think, you know, when you're looking at C.J. Stroud and the situation that you're bringing up and, and, and looking at the, you know, the Houston Texans head coach and saying to yourself, okay, you know, some would say, oh, well, you have to have a good head coach. You got to have a good, you know, offensive coordinator. But like D'Amico Ryans, you know, first first time out, you know, so it's like, is D'Amico Ryans the genius? 
or is C.J. Stroud the really good quarterback, right? And I know sometimes when we're talking about playoff success, most more often than not, like we did with, you know, obviously it's warranted with Andy Reid, but, you know, mm-hmm. you talk about coaching and the big guys. But, like, they usually end up just being paired up together, right? But, like, sometimes you just got to have a – get lucky and get a good quarterback. And I think that that's – I think that's where I'm at right now where I just – can the Bears get lucky? Oh, Bears are shooting right now? The Bears are throwing the dice? That's what it is. It's mm-hmm. are the, the Bears are throwing – and everybody's like, oh, mush, mush. Bears are throwing the dice. It's going to be – they're going to crap out. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like – and they're like, oh, just walk away from the table with the little $17 you got. And I'm like, No. It's your turn to throw. Bet that you have an opportunity and you're either going to go home broke, which is Caleb Williams busting, or you're going to hit it. Papa, you're going to hit that 30 to 1. You're going to go home a happy man. It's everybody, you know, like that's what I'm talking about. And bet sometimes the house. you just don't know. Maybe not bet the house. It might not be the smart thing to do. But fall into it. Fall into Put it. The tips in. Fall into the first pick, just like they did. Maybe that, that'll be good. All right. Uh, we're going to take a break. Switch gears. Uh, and actually, not switch gears. Kind of still talk about college. Uh, because, of course, there's been some some uh, big happenings in the college football space. The 12-team 12 playoff, 12 playoff has been approved, five-power conference, seven at large. We get to talk to Nicole Auerbach from the Athletic Senior Writer over there about the happenings and what she thinks uh, is going uh, next year is going to look like uh, in the college football landscape. We'll do that after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's a polarizing figure. There are people out there that believe that whatever Michigan does is tainted. That's up to you to decide, but hail, hail Michigan. They are the champions of college football 2023. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. 
It's going to be a, a crowded 12 teams in college football next year. And our next guest is going to break it all down. Joining us right now on the Circus Sports Illinois Hotline, senior college football writer for The Athletic. And she joins us right now. Download that Circus Sports app today. Nicole Auerbach. Nicole, good to talk to you again. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, I mean, first let's begin with the with the Washington State, Oregon State situation. Knowing that they won't be, you know, they won't have a, an automatic bid in the next two years. I mean, what, I wonder what that negotiation was like having to say, yeah, you know, we're going to build this thing up or are they going to part ways with each other? Which of the two do you think is more likely to happen? Well, so they're in a tough spot. I mean, obviously, everyone felt for them over the last year where they get left behind. No, none of these other power conferences want them. So they've kind of been clinging to whatever they possibly could to have any leverage. And so, you know, the move from a six and six, six conference champs, six at large spots to five plus seven. I mean, it's, it's minor. This is small. It's taken a while to get there, but it's ultimately not like a huge drastic change, but it had to be a unanimous decision. And Washington state and Oregon state knew that they had a representative on the board. So they're trying to play this out, trying to make a pitch to get, you know, they want to be treated like a power conference school moving forward. They will for the next two years. They're going to keep their spot on the board. They're going to get their revenue share. But they want that for 2026 on when this whole thing is getting a new contract. And, you know, there's not a lot of appetite for that. But I but I understand what they want. And it ultimately, an extra a large spot does help them because if they are going to make the college football playoff, they're going to have to get in as an at-large because, you know, a two-team conference, you don't get an automatic qualifier as your conference champion. So um, it's it's a really tough spot, and I think there's a lot of people trying to, you know, deal with self-preservation, try to figure out what's best for them and, you know, what's best for college football moving forward. And a lot of times it's those things are going to butt heads. So it's going to be an interesting process as they figure out the rest. But, you know, at least on this one issue, um, you know, that, that obstacle is removed and they at least adjusted the format a little bit. So with this format that, you know, is is adjusted, like you're saying, to the the five plus seven format, five highest ranked conference champions and then seven at large bids. You referenced how that that actually will be beneficial to the I guess I got to get used to the term the pack two, I suppose, for the time being. That's great. Where you'll have the the power four conferences are going to get used to that as well. The power four and then the pack two, at least having an opportunity at one of those at large slots. But then the Big Ten and the SEC have recently met, you know, sort of behind closed doors. They're the two most lucrative and powerful conferences in the collegiate sports space right now. In what ways does the the Big Ten and the SEC starting to share ideas and perhaps in some ways, who knows, compile resources and influence? Will that end up steering the direction of the playoff moving forward? Well, that's what we're going to find out because this is – getting to be crunch time on figuring out that new contract for 2026 and beyond. We know the terms ESPN would pay 1.3 billion per year, um, but they have to vote to agree to it. And these two leagues want to get all of the ducks in a row before voting on it because they want to use that leverage. They know that if you do the math over the last 10 years, they would dominate this thing. They'd be sending so many teams per year. They would be really controlling the college football playoff. And so instead of, you know, again, being like, all right, well, you know, do we just go with the five and seven? We make sure everybody has access. You know, they're going to throw their weight around. And the commissioners are all meeting tomorrow in person all day in Dallas. 
and they're going to be working through some of these issues, and they're expecting a fight because they're expecting the Big Ten and the SEC to ask for a lot. They think they might ask for multiple automatic qualifier spots, might ask for revenue distribution that is a tier that is different than what the Big 12 and the ACC get, um, and then governance control as well, because essentially they're starting over from scratch with this new contract, even though it's involving the same people. They decided it this way that stuff's not going to roll over. So they're expecting the Big Ten and the SEC to ask for a lot of these things, knowing that their teams are absolutely going to be making the playoff year in and year out. They're going to win this thing a lot. They're going to just dominate it. And that those other schools and other conferences involved in this, they all know that. So we'll see how it goes. Um, But people are bracing for, you know, a pretty contentious battle here because it's really about like the future of college football and if you're the ACC or the Big 12, like you don't want to be in a tier that's different than those two. You don't want to be anything that's treating you differently than the SEC and the Big 10. And those two and those two leagues obviously are going to say, well, we are going to be bringing in more money. Our teams are going to be participating at a different level. We want to control this thing. So that's it's all going to come to a head in, in all day in, in, in a conference room in Dallas tomorrow. We're talking to Nicole Auerbach right here on 670 The Score. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. I'm trying to think about all the teams that are moving conferences next year, Nicole. And then I say to myself, <laughs> "Good luck." Yeah, right. Exactly. And that's the point. That's my. That's part of my question. And it's like, you know, some of these might have fared better had they been in a different conference, right? To try to win that one and, and get one of those automatic mm. bids. And here they are. Who who of those teams do you think, you know, not necessarily be kicking themselves because obviously they're they're getting money, so they don't mind. But but you know, just might be. And might wish they were in a better different situation come come the end of the season. Well, I mean, I feel like we have this conversation a lot around Oregon and Washington and in their move to the Big Ten. I mean, you could certainly have made a case that they would have a better path to the playoff uh, if, you know, the Pac-12 existed as a 10-team league and you could just win that every year and get the Pac-12's automatic qualifier spot. Um, I I do think that that is going to be an adjustment for a lot of these teams. And I think that's why you're also, you know, again, reading and hearing about the SEC and the Big Ten tossing around ideas like multiple AQ spots because these leagues are going to be really big and they've got a lot of big brands. They've got a lot of teams that want to be participating in the playoff every year. And you got to try to figure out ways to get as many as possible into the marquee event so that they are playing for a national championship. And you, you have to think that that's part of it. If you're going to 12 or 18 teams as the big 10, all these different regions in the country, I mean, you got to have, Spots to have successful seasons to end in for Penn State and for Oregon and for Washington, and not just the teams that have already accessed the playoff in the four-team era. So I think that part's going to be uh, really fascinating to watch. I mean, everyone's schedules are getting harder, and not everybody can win at all the same time, right? So like the middle of the SEC, uh, the middle of the Big Ten, it's going to be harder than ever, and you're just like there's only so many wins that go around. People have to take losses in conference play too. So all of that in that dynamic, and then you know who has access to the playoff and who can end their season there, it all becomes even more complicated. I think this is kind of an underrated storyline about all of it because people are so focused on yeah, well the Pac-12 imploded, they don't deserve a spot. But the real question is, how are you going to find as many spots as possible to make as many people as possible in these mega leagues? Nicole Auerbach, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. She is a senior writer from The Athletic, award-winning senior writer from The Athletic, also a host on SiriusXM, analyst on the Big Ten Network. If football and collegiate sports is happening, Nicole has it covered 
cover to cover. That being said, there was a little news that Charlie Baker, the new president of the NCAA, he's he doesn't mind speaking his mind. And I tend to assume that folks in his position are not only speaking for themselves, but speaking for sort of the stakeholders. So I'm guessing that Charlie Baker has had some discussions with the the brass around the intercollegiate athletic space. And he recently said here that he doesn't really see any support coming from his end for the transfer portal and the ability for student athletes to transfer multiple times. He's not in favor of limitations being placed by the government on that. How do you interpret hearing that from Charlie Baker and, you know, the short time that he's been now leading the NCAA? He hasn't minded making a little bit of news while he's done it. Yeah. I mean, I was uh, there, what was it a couple weeks ago when he said that, you know, he believes Michigan won the national championship fair and square. Um, And that was very notable coming from the NCAA president while they're still under investigation. But I think that the transfer issue is a really interesting one in the same way that the NIL is, because when you have these lawsuits and people challenging the rules, you also have so many administrators and coaches who have been arguing for rules to be enforced because they want to have a chance at roster management and, and, and some sanity as well. And so, you know, when, when the transfer goes like last summer, or the summer before transformation committee was looking at the idea of unlimited transfers. And there was so much pushback across college sports, coaches, administrators, that, that never really got much traction. And then of course, you know, we see the waivers and, and the, the fights and the threats and then the lawsuit that, that overturns this in the preliminary injunction. So you have players who've transferred multiple times playing this basketball season and I understand arguments on both sides. And I also understand the argument of those saying, hey, if we want to have any chance at kind of keeping rosters under control or having certainty of what this is going to look like, instead of it's not just free agency, it's free agency without, without any salary caps, right, and without rules. So that part becomes very unwieldy. But again, also understand the argument of, well, why would you cap this? If you already are allowing it, how can you make an argument legally that you should be allowed to do it one time, but not beyond that. So it's such an interesting time for the NCAA to be dealing with all of these battles because, you know, you can make a case for both sides. And the case on the NCAA side and their defense in some of these are that you're allowed to create reasonable rules as an organization. You know, you can't just challenge anything at any company and say, like, well, you know, I think that's illegal. Because you are a voluntary member of the NCAA. You are signing on to be part of this thing and follow some rules that are reasonable. So I understand being put in that spot and trying to defend and also hearing a lot from administrators and coaches that they do want to have a handle on this stuff. They do want some rules around it. I mean, how many coaches have we talked about saying, you know, oh, there's a wild, wild west with the transfer portal and NIL and people like, you know, promising money to get people to come. And then, you know, you have this lawsuit in from the attorneys general and, um, in, in Tennessee and Virginia saying, oh, you know, you shouldn't be allowed to have rules around NIL and recruiting. But everyone else has been asking for that, right? These coaches have been saying that that's unfair to just have people dangling cash bags in front of people to get them signed. So in all of these issues, there's so many angles to them. And I think it's really hard for the NCAA. It's kind of like you're playing whack-a-mole because there's so many different legal challenges. So I think they have to figure out what their arguments are in what their defenses are. And I think on some of these issues, they are arguing that they are allowed to create reasonable rules to create order in these sports and that they're not restricting them from the ability to transfer. They're just imposing that they would have to sit for a year for a second time. 
And so that is their argument. And again, we'll continue to see the fallout legally. But it's been interesting to watch people challenge individual rules. And I, I kind of figured after the multi-time transfer one uh, had the ruling the way that it did, that we would continue to see more individual rules challenged. So, again, I understand where Charlie Baker is coming from. And I think you're in a tough spot either way, which, whichever side you take on this, because you are getting a lot of different opinions from a lot of different people on these issues. So you had the opportunity to watch the entire career of J.J. McCarthy, a, a young Chicagoan before he ends up transferring out to IMG Academy to finish his high school career. Two-year starter at Michigan, was part of three Big Ten championship teams, just led that program to a national championship. And we've been talking a good bit on this station about the Bears having the number one pick in the draft. But there are folks who are rather curious if, and it's certainly seeming like a fleeting possibility that the Bears – would perhaps not be moving on from Justin Fields here. But we were discussing a world, a a multiverse scenario here where the Bears stuck with Justin Fields with the top pick or didn't draft a quarterback with the top pick. And there's J.J. McCarthy at number nine. I'm curious for your observations as you've watched him throughout his collegiate career, just what a professional team, what an NFL team will be getting in J.J. McCarthy now that he's on his way to the National Football League. Well, I think he's going to be a better pro and show us a lot of things that we didn't see at Michigan. Um, you know, and, and Anthony, you know this. Michigan wanted to win the games the way that they were winning those games. They they were happy to not throw passes. I mean, so many people kind of made, made fun about that Penn State game where they didn't have a completed pass in the second half. And it's like Michigan is totally fine winning games that way. And, and that got the juices flowing of Harbaugh and the coaching staff, and they were really comfortable controlling the games the line of scrimmage with the run game. So we didn't see J.J. and all of his potential in the pass game. And we kind of talked about that, about like, okay, you know, can he go win a game with his arms? We saw it show up at different times. There were some incredible plays he made um, during the run to the championship game this year. But he's going to show us more, I think, as a pro, because it's just based on the system that he was in. But I think he's a great leader. He's really tough. He's really good on the move. Like, obviously, people will talk about his legs and his scrambling ability, but I think he also just makes really good plays while scrambling. Um, and I think extending those players uh, and finding some passes. I mean, it was really interesting when he first came into college and started to get glimpses of him um, as a freshman. I mean, just the speed, the dart that he was throwing the ball. I mean, it was really impressive. And then I just think we've seen him grow um, and never really get flustered in so many different situations over the years. Um, and I, I don't think it was, it's, it's not random. It's not an accident that, you know, Jim Harbaugh clearly loved him so, so much. And I think that they're both leaving Michigan at the same time, because I, I think that they really connected and were able to get the most out of each other. And I think that he really trusted him as a leader. So I think he's going to be a great face of an organization. I think we're going to see him grow a lot as a passer and show us a lot more. Um, very interested in, you know, kind of the combine and how his evaluations continue over the next uh, few months here. But I, I, I do think he's going to be a really good pro at the next level. It'll be interesting to see if he goes in that first round, who's going to want to take yeah. that chance and move on up. Nicole, great stuff as always. Always enjoy talking to you. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Nick, thanks, Nicole. Nicole Auerbach from The Athletic, senior writer over there. Of course, as Ant mentioned, Big Ten Network, Sirius XM, a host of other things. As we're learning, everyone just has a lot of jobs. It's just kind of what you got to do. You yeah, know that's it's right. In this business. Modern days in this industry. That's where you at. Got a gig, a gig economy. Uh, <laughs> a guy who might be 
uh, working at a new gig, is apparently going to spill the beans tomorrow uh, as to why he's not following uh, the Bears on Instagram. Oh, boy. All right, uh, on the other side, play a little clip of Justin Fields talking to the St. Brown brothers. He's going to be on their podcast tomorrow, and apparently he's going to talk about the Instagram debacle. Uh, we'll play that clip for you and weigh in on it next. It's Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Wait, since we're here, hold on. But, I mean, what's we're not... The, what's, well, no, 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 no. Since we're here, what's with the unfollow with the Bears? What's, what's up with that? Man, bro, I'm glad we're talking about it we're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. I see what you're doing there, Robbie Triano. Trying to say that it's bye-bye-bye time. Now remind me, is this, is this in sync? Don't or act like you don't backstreet? know. Don't, don't, don't. Don't come on here singing every song that ever happened. I know the words. I know the song. Now you're not going to know Justin Timberlake. I honestly get confused between NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. You're you're insulting us that are just a tad younger. (laughs) I know you think I'm 53. How dare you? Oh, I know you're 53. Clearly, I'm I'm younger than you because I know who sings this song. And I know the I'm dance. somewhere right between Backstreet and NSYNC. Like I was right there, kind of in the in the sweet spot, in the median age, right between those. No, no, no. You were old enough where you you were too old. Where you, now, when they came and they were popping, you thought they were lame. So that's you why. You know I what, never man? When NSYNC did that, that uh, what was it? Gone. Yeah. They're like you're gone. That was when I was on board. Like, okay, they, they got a little soul too. They got a little soul. Means 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, they, uh-huh. they, they went through right. a little R&B phase. Falsetto in there. Yeah. Shout out, like, shout out. Right, I'm with this. <laughs> yeah, all right. J.C. Shazay, he's the guy. I'm just saying. I thought he was going to be the guy who made it solo. No, I ugly. thought he was going to be the breakout he's star. Too, I didn't and, think it was going to be J.T. He's too ugly. Is that what it is? No, That's no, why he always had like big hats and long hair. It is nothing other than. Just covering it all up? He is too ugly. All right. And it's not even like an insult. It is more so fact. Just fact. The reason why <laughs> Jason should say, yeah, I mean, listen, Justin Timberlake. Nine out of ten doctors agree. Justin Timberlake isn't even the best singer in NSYNC. It's JC. Everyone knows that. That's why I thought he was going to be the one. I thought he was going to be the one. JC did the song solo. with who did it? Was it, was it? was it Destiny's Child? He did a song. He did a song with somebody. And it was like, it's Baby, a, you know I can give it man. to you. Anyway, don't even get me started. Justin Timberlake, play the clip, Robbie. Play the clip, Robbie. Taking me down memory lane. Play the clip. Uh, Justin, you got the you got the Justin with the Amon Ra brothers. Play the clip. Play the clip. Wait, since we're here, hold on. But I mean, what's we're not. The, what's, well, no, 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 no. Since we're here, okay. all right, come on. What's with the unfollow with the Bears? What's, what's up with that, man, bro? I'm glad we're talking about it because. Thirty third team. Now that's a tease. Doing big things. I'm glad we're talking about that. That sounds like. He's going to have a good excuse. You think so? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He was too eager to to answer. That didn't sound like, man, I'm glad we're talking about that. Mm-hmm. It was an accident. Like, that's what it sounds like. Right. Man, I'm glad we're talking about that. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm over it. He's not going to say that. So all you needed was a, a five-second clip to, to and, now and feel like degrees, there's probably a good reason for it. One of my degrees is in behavioral <laughs> communication, my friend. What if he was just uh, like, you know what, I got hacked. What if the, uh, what if you said that? You know, uh, I'm glad we I'm glad we're bringing that up because you want to know what? And the the hacker no. just unfollowed the bears. That was the one action exactly. taken by the by the Russian bot or whatever went into Justin's IG. I think the takeaway just... from that conversation really should be that I'm on Ross St. Brown. Really don't give a f. <laughs> he asks, and that's how he talks on that podcast. It's very much like I know this is taboo, but I don't care, uh-huh. and I'm going to ask anyway. So ask, answer my question because. I'm one of the guys, so you can. I'm not a reporter. So what and happened? That's, and that's really kind of his personality. His brother, you know, the, the member of the Bears, Equinemius St. Brown. There, there's a reason you can kind of see their personality in their style of play. Now, Equinemius, I didn't, I didn't cover him when he came out of high school. He wasn't in the All American Bowl, but I'm in Ross St. Brown was back then. Very outgoing, you know, big personality, extremely confident. And, you know, both brothers have grown up in the limelight. Their dad was Mr. Universe, and they traveled the world, speak German, all these different things with their mom and different things that their family's been involved in over the years. But between the two, Amon-Ra is definitively the bigger personality. The more, you know, there's more bravado that kind of drips from Amon-Ra St. Brown. So on the podcast, it doesn't surprise me at all. You know, it shows in his style of play. He's got a little bit more of that alpha receiver to the way he plays the game. Equinemius, more of the grunt work guy, the blocker. You know, you're looking for that basically an extra offensive lineman on the field who just happens to be really fast and kind of an angular build who's going to dominate on the screen game as a blocker, not as a catch and run guy. That's your guy, Equinemius. EQ can get that part done. So their their personalities really show in their style of play. And it also ends up showing up on the pod where Amon Ra, the sun god, as his name means, he's going to be on there asking the pointed questions and being very comfortable doing so. Yeah, I'm trying to ask uh, questions like that to our next guest, Evan Altman. He's going to be out here. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll say something reckless. Like, uh, I'm with. are the Cubs 
Uh, should the Cubs should the Cubs brass be fired if they don't have Cody Bellinger or something like that? Like I'm gonna say something like that. All right, Evan Altman, he joins the show next. Cubs baseball. What's the update? You will find out. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here on 670 Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 